Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr. And today we're going to talk about the three attributes of a successful release. Now, we've been kind of celebrating the topic of marketing for record labels and marketing album campaigns, building album campaigns. We've been talking about release strategies. That's been our theme for the past couple of months. In fact, we came up with an online course with um, music publicist Jamie Coletta, and you can find out more about that at otherrecordlabels.com. And we've been talking with record labels, and we've been talking about their release strategies, and we put together a release roadmap, which you can get at otherrecordlabels.com slash roadmap. We also did a marketing checklist because we've been talking about uh, marketing uh, as our theme. And so you can get that at otherrecordlabels.com slash marketing. And so I want to kind of summarize this whole uh, conversation that we've been having. And remember, the reason why I dove into this topic for the past couple of months is because when I've been talking to you individually and through our Facebook group and in some of the surveys that I did, marketing and promoting releases leading up to release day, how to promote a record on release day, and more importantly, how to promote a record after release day so that the album doesn't die. And, um, you know, these are topics, and this this topic specifically is something that was the number one concern of record labels when I talked to you guys on an individual level and when I surveyed you and polled you and everything. And and so I realized this is a huge topic. This is something that we need to go over. And so that's why we've been camping out on this subject. And so today's episode is something that I have been putting together for the past couple of weeks. And it's been this basically this summary of what is the common denominator between all of these conversations that we've had. And we've done release episodes um, where we've actually talked with record labels in our release roadmap series. And we've talked with record labels who have released some of the most, and if not the most successful indie record of the year. And we've talked about what was the plan? How did that look like? And so what I've done is just through these conversations, I've pulled out what I think are the three most important attributes that make up a successful release. What makes an album successful? Now, these are all pretty broad things. And so um, I'm going to try to zone in on a couple of them for a little bit, but I think that you're going to find some pretty applicable principles in these common denominators that I found across studying all of these labels who have put out successful records. And when I see a record doing really well, even not from a major indie or a major label, but even just from some of our smaller indies who are a part of the show or who have been on the show, um, when I look when and see that they've had a successful year, I think, what is it about this record that is making it successful? And I know that this is a tough topic because Music is supposed to be subjective. Art is supposed to be subjective. And you may be in a genre that is extremely subjective. And it's very hard to pinpoint what might be uh, the pinnacle of that genre or what success or how success is defined in your genre. But we're going to do as best as we can. And I think there's three overarching attributes of a successful release. And I want to share those with you. The first one is world-class talent. Now, I wish I had a better term for that, but I don't. And it was something that was said on an upcoming episode. I won't spoil it, um, but a guest at a really incredible hip-hop label said that. And the way that that, that guest um, kind of put that into focus for me was this idea of what if our artists were to open or to go on stage after or after a really popular artist? How would that 
look? How would it feel? Would that artist be able to hold their own? Would it make sense? And and the same way I think about too is if we put, uh, and this is a mixing technique, but if if we put one of our songs by one of our artists on a playlist with other artists in that genre who are successful or who are doing well or that we just look up to, um, would it fit in or would it stand out? And so I know that this idea of talent is is really subjective, and I understand that, but there is truth to it. When we look at these successful records, they're made up of people who are either great singers or they're great instrumentalists or they're great songwriters or they're great lyricists, uh, or they just have a really good presence on stage or a really good presence online. Uh, and they're a good advocate and a good voice for their community. Um, these are all things that make up world-class talent. They're all things I think come together and make up someone who's really, really special. And when I talk to record labels over the past couple of months, and when they're talking about signing an artist who has then turned into becoming a really um, successful and popular artist, it is really comes down to the core of great songs and that there's something really special in their voice. Now, I understand it's totally subjective, and, and some of you may be in a genre where it's really hard to pinpoint who that successful pinnacle is for you if you're in an ambient genre or an experimental or lo-fi bedroom hip-hop or whatever. I, I understand that can be difficult, but the way to look at it would be who in your genre is someone that you look up to, who is someone that you admire, or your artists on the label, who do they admire, uh, who would they love to go on tour with and open for? And that's probably a good bar to set for yourself. Um, and one of the things I'll, I'll recommend, even though this is subjective, I think, how do we develop world-class talent with our artists and with our releases? And I think the way we do it is we invest. We invest in our artists by giving them time to develop, um, giving them time to uh, to grow their audience and to grow their songwriting capabilities and to invest in them if they'll allow for multiple singles, for multiple albums, not just releasing a single and if the world doesn't appreciate it, then dropping them. Uh, I think it's important to not only invest time and invest releases, but also to invest money and to say, hey, let's work with a great producer. Let's, let's shell out a, a little bit extra this time and go to a studio and do this right. Um, and, you know, maybe we hire some musicians or something. I think it's important to give your artist time to develop. This guest, and I don't really don't want to spoil this because it's a great interview, but it's coming up in a couple of weeks. But this guest said something that has just been ringing in my head since he said it. And it's this idea that in today's society, we have all these people who are overexposed and underdeveloped. And then we have these overdeveloped and underexposed people. And so our job is to really um, not to spend so much time in uh, building up this this you know huge awareness, but to invest as much time, if not more, into developing them as artists, and they need to be doing the same thing. So I'm going to move on from that. We're going to go move on to number two, but that was something that I see across the board. And when you look at records that are doing really well, you understand this is because they're doing something different. They're doing something unique in their genre, and there's a whole lot of talent happening here. The second one, and I preach this from the rooftops in all of our, our episodes and material, and I hear this from everyone, is a generous lead time. That is allowing yourself and your singles and your releases as much time as possible to uh, to give press as much time as possible, to be able to give your production plants as much time as possible, allowing for things to go wrong. We've been having recently, we've been having track listing problems and 
artwork problems with um, one of the DSPs. I won't uh, say which one, but they're shaped like a fruit. And they are, you know, are causing lots of trouble. And so when I submit a song or um, an album for, for streaming platforms, then it gets held back for a week until I make a change and argue with them. And so, you know, we have to allow for these things to happen. And so when you go to upload a single that's supposed to come out in three weeks and Spotify asks that you submit it to them through their portal two weeks ahead of release date so that it can be included on your followers release radar and so you need to have it uploaded at least two weeks ahead of time. Now you're submitting it three weeks ahead, and then you hit this roadblock where there's something wrong with the artwork or there's something wrong with the track listing, and now you're not going to be able to, to meet your deadline. So if you're doing all of this a month in advance, then you're in much better position. And so when we talk on our marketing course with Jamie and when we talk with so many different record labels who helped share their release roadmap with us, this generous lead time is huge. And you heard in some of these episodes how important it is and how much they wish they had more time. Even these people who are dealing with six months or eight months or 12 months away from release date, how important it was to have extra time that they wish they had. The third and final attribute of a successful record um, release. And, and again, I, I want to emphasize, I'm trying to make this as objective as possible. Uh, objective? Objective. Yeah, objective as possible, because um, I don't want this to come off as my opinion. I, I really am trying to find what the most common denominator is between all of these interviews that I've done, especially these episodes in the past couple of months as we've been focusing on marketing and building album campaigns. And I truly believe that these attributes um, are... Uh, something that can be applied across all of our labels, whether we have different goals than some of these bigger labels or not, um, these are attributes that still apply. The third one is relentless content. And we see this on album campaigns that are doing really well. Now, I'm not saying that we are annoying our, um, our fans uh, or that we are putting out crappy content, but relentless content looks like having multiple experiences in multiple moments of exposure for our art, uh, for our fans, for the releases that we put out. The reality is, and this was a study done a hundred years ago, that people require seven times, seven uh, exposure moments to a certain product or something before they can uh, be confident enough to make a purchase. And I know this to be true, even though that's a a, a Don Draper thing to say, but I know this to be true in in the way that I consume music. And I've talked about this on the podcast before where I will usually see a new album um, come out from a record label that I follow. And, and then I'll say, well, that artwork is cool. And then maybe the next day I see a blog will post about that. And then maybe the day after that, Pitchfork will write about it. And now I start to get really curious. And then all of a sudden, some journalists that I admire are now tweeting about it. And this has happened multiple times, it happens multiple times a year. And then I will see maybe the final straw will be one of my friends will text me or one of my friends will post about it on an Instagram story. And I'll be like, okay, there's something special about this record. I need to go check it out. So that's kind of our goal as record labels is to have content and promotional material. And Jamie talks about this in our course, where it's important to gather all of these promotional assets so that we can be releasing um, promotional content leading up to the record. And of course, on release day and after I've, I've put together a little chart, actually, in, in my mind, this is like one to two months prior to release. Maybe we're doing one event or a promotional item per week, one to two weeks prior to the release, 
we're doing like one event or item per day. One to two weeks after the release, we're still maybe doing one event uh, or item every other day. Two to three months after the release, we need to have one event or, or new story or promotional item per week. And then four to six months after the release, and I know we're thinking, oh my gosh, an album is completely dead by that point, but that's not true. We should be still aiming for one promotional thing uh, each month. And so that's why we really need to, and, and I've been seeing this now with this uh, album that is doing so well in our industry and how uh, six to eight months after the record comes out, we still see uh, performances. We still see um, cool music videos that are coming out or B-sides or little EP companion EPs that are happening. So that's something that we need to aim for. Here's a summary. I'm all done. Number one, world-class talent. You can use whatever term you want. Uh, generous lead time, allowing your releases to have a long runway. And then number three, relentless content. So I hope you found this helpful. If you disagree or if you agree, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment. If you are one of our podcast subscribers, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us in this marketing journey. And I hope that it's helped you. I hope that it's encouraged you, inspired you as you've been building your album campaigns. And I hope in the year that comes uh, and in your future releases that you're doing things a little bit more intentional and a little bit more strategic so that more people hear our releases and that our artists can move towards a sustainable career. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go to otherrecordlabels.com where we are hosting all of our resources there to download and there's more to come. Thanks.